Pastor Corey here with Heights Church. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about Heights Church, simply go to weareheights.org or follow us on our Facebook page. If you're looking to get plugged into a church, feel free to reach out to us via our website by simply clicking contact, and we will help you find a similar church in your area. Hope the podcast serves you well, and thanks for tuning in. So, like those of you don't know me, again, I'm David. I'm one of the pastors here. Excited to uh, to get to preach. And if you were here last week, though, you did hear Mark Sigma, as Jeff just talked about. I'm not Mark Sigma, and I would have had to drink like 16 coffees, like with double shots of espresso, to even come close to his energy. Though someone in, and was being nice and in between service and like, your your energy's right there. I'm like. Well, thank you, but I don't think it is, <laughs> but I'll try, and then Mike Bird's preaching next week, and he's going to make me look worse, and so, but he's going to be mad, and he's going he's gonna to make fun of me, and I'm going to give you guys a little insight of why, all right, but it, God works in all this, so we're going to go all the way back to this time last year, and we were planning out 2023, and in that, just like we did last week for 2024, we plan out our preaching calendar. And as we were doing that, we know, hey, we're going to preach through the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter by chapter, asking a question each week from that chapter, like this week is, what are spiritual gifts? And so we're going to answer that. Last week, Mark preached and asked the question, how much can Christians engage in the culture without being in sin? And he did that from 1 Corinthians 10. If you're catching that there, the math's not adding up. What happened in chapter 11? Well, last year, we just really did not know how calendars work or math, and we messed up. And we just got the weeks really confused, and we tried to fix it, and then we messed it up again. And so I don't know. And when I told Mike Bird what he was preaching on October 29th, it was chapter 11. But here's the cool thing. And he's going to give me, I'll tell you why he's going to give me a hard time in a second. But Mark Sigma last week in answering that question about how much can Christians engage in the culture without being a sin, he said this, so he answered the question with a question, why does the American church look so much like American culture? And he said that he thinks that we're quenching the spirit. And First, Thess- First Thessalonians 5, 19 literally tells us, do not quench the spirit, that we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so the fact that these weeks got flip-flopped and now we're looking at spiritual gifts. I think it's just so cool how God takes our mistakes, our just, I don't know, just being brain dead in a moment and messing it up. And he's like, yeah, but watch. Watch how this all will flow. Now, the problem is, is Mike is going to swear that I did this on purpose because he's got to preach on women's roles in the church. <laughs> and like, that's like the hottest topic he could give someone. So good luck to him. And he's going to say that I did it on purpose. But I didn't. And, but I am going to laugh at him because... Probably makes, I don't know, it probably won't make him uncomfortable. That dude, he's amazing. But we're looking at spiritual gifts today. What are spiritual gifts? What aren't they? And so I, I really believe, as much as Mark said last week, that the American church looks so much like the American culture because we're quenching the spirit, I do believe that the American church is missing out on the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has indwelled in us, is doing through us. Like, we're missing out on these spiritual gifts. We're not engaging them in really believing that he's doing all that he can do and that each of us has a spiritual gift. Literally, that's what the scripture says, that 
he apportions to each one individually as he wills. That means everyone has a spiritual gift. Everyone is wired in a certain way to do what God has called us to do. And yet we've kind of just turned that off in a lot of churches. Now, there's some churches that went to extremes with it, and there's two extremes. We're going to talk about them both. But I want you to know this. like There is a real spiritual warfare going on around us as Christians. And so often in, in our lives, like especially in American society, like we just kind of negate that and we act like it's not real. Like we're, we're very logic-based and reason-based, mathematical, you know, and, and scientific. And if things don't add up, then it just doesn't, that can't be real. But I want to tell you about just what's happened in the past 48 hours. Some of you may know this already, but Corey and Andrea, Corey, so if you don't know, one of our pastors here on staff, they went to Atlanta to, so Corey could speak at this thing called Promise 686. You've heard of FAM. That's our family advocacy ministry for foster families. Promise 686 is the ministry who started that and then like helps train all the churches that want to do it to do it. And so for those of you, I'm not going to tell all Corey's story, but Corey grew up in, in, a, in a rough life, a very rough life. If it wasn't for his grandparents, from the best of my understanding, from him telling me this himself, he probably would have ended up in foster care himself. And yet today he has a foster adoptive son, and he has another foster kid in his home right now on top of their two biological sons. And that doesn't mean that Corey's any special or different than any of us. As many of you in here have fostered, are fostering, have adopted through fostering. And yet when Promise 686 heard his story, they're like, will you share your story? And so he like scripted it out from like the time he's a little kid till 21. And they had kids at different ages at those ages read it. And people would walk through and experience this and then not knowing who it is. And then Corey would come on stage last night and he did amazing because he preached or he texted me and Jeff and he's like, I just preached the gospel to him. He's like all exclamation marks. He was pumped. But here's what happened. Friday when their plane landed and they got a rental car, him and Andrea, they got a blowout a mile from the airport. And you can think, oh, well, that happens, right? So they called tow truck, get an Uber, get to where they need to go. Matt and Kelly Whitner are also down there. Yesterday, Corey and Andrea got into a car wreck, a three-car car wreck, and Matt and Kelly did. So Corey and Andrea and two different car wrecks. Guys, listen, the reality of it is this. Satan did not want Corey to speak at that yesterday. I can't go into detail of all the stuff, but in the past 48 hours, there has been like some straight up mayhem happened just here. And yet Satan's that petty. He's like, I want to stop everything. I want to distract from everything. I don't want them speaking at this. I want David and, and Jeff and, and the other elders to be distracted and not be able to be praying for Corey and what he's doing or getting their mindset for what's going on at the service on Sunday and they're just not going to be there. Their heads are going to be somewhere else because Satan is that petty. And what we have done in the American church, I really believe, is we've ran to these extremes where we've made everything about spiritual gifts and that's like the end-all, be-all, or we've just shut them down and act like they don't even exist. And what we have to realize is we are not fighting against flesh and blood, as Scripture says, but against the principalities of the air. That means the spirits that are moving and working, and there's demons in this world. Like, and you may be thinking, this dude's crazy. I am. I am weird. I get it, and I don't really care what you think. Like, honestly, I, like about this part, I care about other things you might think of me, but not this. There are demons at work, and we've been gifted 
specifically, individually, uniquely in a way to work together as the body of Christ to combat all that Satan wants to do to the glory of God. Not, not to build up heights, not to boost up ourselves and, hey, look at me, but we are missing it sometimes. I, I think we just miss it, and then we don't see where Jesus is at work in our lives by sending us his spirit. Because when you read the New Testament, there's absolutely just things that are unexplainable apart from the spirit. And yet what we'll do is to say, well, that was 2,000 years ago. That's not today. That doesn't really work today. That's not how this goes. But, I mean, think about this. In Acts 2, 43, it says this. This is like in the very beginning of the church. It says, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Do we live in a sense of awe? Do we live with thinking, man, like that was amazing, I can't believe that happened? Or we just sit there and like, hmm, that, that's a coincidence. There are no coincidences. God is at work. He's doing things that we cannot explain. And so our big idea for today is this. All born-again believers should live with an expectation and desire for the gifts of the Spirit. Hear me, all Christians, all believers should be living with this desire to glorify God with their spiritual giftings. Like that should be what we are aiming for. Like we have to have that just drive and that focus. Like we want to glorify God with the spiritual giftings that he's given us. So let's just read here in, in chapter 12 again, verses one through four. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. He's telling him, if you don't know what you don't know, you're going to miss it. You need to understand what's going on here because they were getting way off track. There's a lot of division because of spiritual gifts. He says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. So he's saying, hey, don't be uninformed. Don't just think that you've got it all figured out and then letting yourself go either direction on how this could play out. But you need to understand, like at one time, you were chasing after mute idols. You were being led astray. Don't do that now. Understand that, listen, if you have the Holy Spirit, like that's the only way you're gonna lift up Jesus and say that he's Lord. And there's no spirit of God who would ever say that Jesus is accursed. He wants us to clearly understand and so I think there's three reasons why today in our culture that we can see spiritual gifts as being misused or just irrelevant. First one is this. Believers are unaware of what the Bible fully teaches concerning spiritual gifts. Two, believers are seeking the supernatural apart from God. And then three, people look to glorify themselves instead of Jesus. So you can, we can leave that up on the screen for a second, but we're going to just break down that first one which is believers are unaware of what the Bible fully teaches concerning spiritual gifts. And we're going to have, those will come back up each now individually, so for the you note takers, you can get that. This is a big deal that people misunderstand or are unaware of what the Bible fully teaches. Because if we've got the Holy Spirit in us, that means if you're born again, if you've confessed your faith in Jesus, like the Bible clearly says that the Holy Spirit now dwells in you. Jesus, I'll talk about it later, but Jesus is sending a helper, which is his spirit so that we are enabled to do the things that he's called us to do. These spiritual gifts are meant for the encouragement, for the church, not just for your individual self, that they can benefit you. 
I believe they can. There's blessings in, in using the gifts that God's given you, but there's this for the encouragement of the church, for the building up of the church, and then for those of us in the church then to take out the message of God to those who do not yet know it, all for his glory. But yet, if we don't know what he's teaching, then we can't do it. And there were some in Corinth, they were placing all this emphasis on spiritual gifts. That was creating quite the division. Like, they were so just divided because they were thinking, this is going to prove my spiritual maturity, and it's not. And what do we see today? We see denominations who say, hey, if you're not speaking in tongues, you're not saved. That's proof of salvation. And that's so far off from what the Bible teaches. But if you're unaware of what the Bible fully teaches, then how would you know? So if you maybe grew up in one of those churches, maybe you go to one of those churches now, you're just visiting here today, and you've never spoken tongues, but you believe you're a Christian, there's going to be a sense of doubt that you're always going to wrestle with. Well, am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? I've never spoken tongues. I've been begging God that I would speak in tongues, but yet I haven't done it. What's wrong with me? Why isn't God giving me that? And yet we'll talk more about like those spiritual gifts. Yes, we can desire them, but we're not to see ourselves as less than. God individually wires us differently. And so, again, it's no different than today. But there's a sin that's involved in this. It's not just saying, well, you know, I believe this and you believe that. I believe that if you're on either end of those spectrums, which would one would be that you're like full-blown just chasing after spiritual gifts in a way that's, that's sinful and making it all about the spiritual gifts and not about Jesus, or you could be on the spectrum of like you're saying, I don't believe any of those exist anymore. Like those ended with the New Testament, they're done. I believe you're, you're in a sin of pride and arrogance. Because what you're saying is, pridefully, look at me. I can heal. I can speak in tongues. I can prophesy, and not in the way that I think is accurate to what the Bible teaches, but in a way that they're trying to speak and say, well, this is going to happen. God's word is closed. He is done with his word. He's not adding to, he's not taking from. And so there's no one to add anything to this. Now you can speak from it in a way that is prophetic, that is warning and giving insight and, and counsel, but is not to add to this. And yet people in our, their pride and arrogance think, well, this is about me and I'm going to elevate myself. But on the other side, people are saying, well, these don't exist. It can't be. I know the Bible so much better. That's a pride and arrogance as well. That's a pride and arrogance thing. I've decided what God is capable of doing or not doing. We don't put God in a box. We can't do that. Like, he could do whatever he wants. He could literally have me start speaking in tongues right now. Another language, perhaps, or a heavenly language. Both are mentioned in the Bible. He can do whatever he wants. And so when we get this attitude on either side, there's sin. Now you may be thinking, whoa, I'm in the clear because I don't really have an opinion on it. I'm kind of in the middle, and honestly, I'm really ignorant of it. Not in a bad way, not calling you ignorant, just saying if you don't know something, that's the definition of it. You're ignorant to the, what it says, right? So you can be like, I just don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you, then you get the sin of laziness. In all honesty, you would. Like, the Bible is not easy to read. It can be difficult. It's not like it's just always plain and simple and like, oh, I get it. It's hard work. But I can promise you, a life ignorant of God's word is going to even be harder. Like, we have to dive into his word. We have to know what his Bible, his word is telling us. And I think about spiritual gifts as one of the primary things that we need to know because we're saved for a purpose. If we were saved just to go to heaven and spend eternity with him, he'd have done taking us home. 
But he's got us here collected together as a body, which this scripture, this passage, this whole chapter, and even in the chapters to come, talk about it so clear that we are here together as one body to do one work, which is to go and to make disciples of all nations. And we start here locally and we go out to the ends of the earth. So it's hard, but we have to dig in. We can't let either side of the spectrum dictate what we believe. We can't just be like, eh, whatever. None of those work. And I believe that there can be sin on all three of those categories. Because sometimes if we're just whatever, we get caught up in the next church movement. We just get caught up in it. We get swept away in this next wave of what God is doing. And maybe God is doing something. But if we're ignorant, we don't have any discernment. We can't look at it and say, then, that is a work of God. Like, he is doing something amazing here. Or we can't look at it and say, I don't, something about that doesn't, doesn't look right. Like, it's not passing the smell test. Like, you got to know. You got to know God's word. And then sometimes, though, what we'll do is we'll think we're so educated without ever seeking him and thinking, like, emotions don't matter. And my, and my you know, it's all about intellect. And then what we do is we miss out on a movement of God because we just want to write it off because it doesn't make sense. Well, the supernatural doesn't make sense. Like, God's work doesn't always make sense. It doesn't line up with logic and science and all this stuff. Well, you can try to wipe it away and act like it's not real, but that's not that's not going to help us advance the cause of God. And so some of you sitting here today, maybe you come from one of those backgrounds, like in church, and you're just like, man, that really, like, just, that's me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I grew up in that, where they were really abusing spiritual gifts, and I've been hurt by that, where the pastor cannot talk, messing with people and using those in a wrong way. Or maybe you grew up in a way, like, where people were just, like, so, like, cold to the idea of spiritual gifts that you just like maybe like ran to it because you thought like I don't like that either I want to tell you like my own story like I grew up going to two different churches right across the street from each other State Park Baptist which is like it's traditional Baptist it doesn't it's closed now like the remaining members are members here and it was a traditional Baptist church like we never talk about spiritual gifts there we had hymns and hymnals and a piano and that was it like, there, it, it was just, it was, there was no talk of spiritual gifts. No one was raising their hands. No one was, you know, like, there wasn't any clapping going on, I don't think. Like, it was just very, just, that was it. And then I would go there with my grandparents, who, who are members here, and then I would go across the street to another church. It was non-denominational, and it was like 1990s charismatic. And some of you know what that means. Like, people were falling out. People were getting, like, modesty blankets laid over them. People were running around with flags. People laughing in the spirit. People speaking in tongues, no interpretation. It was, it was wild sometimes. Like, it was, and, and I wasn't comfortable with it. And I didn't know what to do, like, with either. Like, I was like, this isn't, like, working for me. That's not working for me. And I honestly fell into that ignorant category. I didn't dive in. I was a kid, but even as an adult, I didn't dive in until I started like, going into ministry. I was like, this, none of this is adding up. Like Something's got to be there. But hear me. Don't let your story corrupt how you view God's work in your life through gifting you through the Holy Spirit. Don't, you can't do that. Like Your story is your story, and God uses it, but he's got his word that is going to speak to you more clear. Like, we can't be like, well, I grew up here, so I'm not ever going to dabble in spiritual gifts again. They're there for a reason. God has gifted you to do what he's called us to do. So we can't let worldly thought get in the way of what God's word says. But our next reason, then, 
of why we would maybe see spiritual gifts as irrelevant or not mattering is this, is that believers are seeking the supernatural apart from God. This is a really dangerous area. Like I said, in America, like, we're very reason-based and logical, and, and I think that for so long we've ran in that lane that people are wanting something different that they're going to chase whatever they can, and that's where mysticism comes in. There's Christian mysticism, and then there's just secular mysticism. I want to say this real quick and, just, and talk about it more in, in depth, but I want to be really clear. In any way that you're trying to seek out spiritual things apart from God's word and prayer, meaning tarot cards, Ouija boards, fortune tellers, palm readers, any of that stuff, it is sin. There's no gray area for it. It's wrong and it's sin. And believe me, it can be real. I'll explain why in a minute, but it can be. And I, but I want to clarify that. Like, I do believe that people will start to seek things that are of creation instead of seeking the creator. And that can be in a Christian way or it can be in a secular way. But both are wanting to experience the same thing. They're wanting to experience a deeper reality of a relationship with something spiritual. Us as believers, we know that it's God. That is God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We know that. But so often... Others don't, and so they just start chasing spiritual things, thinking, well, I need to know, like, where, where my life's going. I'm going to go talk to this person because they can tell fortunes. Is that not what they were doing in Corinth? Verse 2, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. He's warning them. He's warning them, like, hey, you did this once before. Don't do it again now just in the name of Christ, like, because you're missing it. And you may think, well, I don't have any idols, yeah, you probably do, because we all do at different times. Anything you place above God is an idol. And so if you're chasing anything, thinking it's going to reveal who you are as a person, or give you identity as a person, or give your kids identity as a person, that is an idol. Only in Jesus will you find your, your purpose and who you are and how he's wired you and your identity. That's it. Only in him. Everything else in this world will fail you and will crumble and go away in time. That's just the truth of it. And so if that's what you're doing, if you're chasing after these mute idols who are dead and not real, it will leave you just with no hope. And yet God has wired us to have all the belonging and all the need and all the, uh, that we, everything we need to do to, to further his kingdom. He's gifted us to do this. And in Corinth, man, there was just a multitude of, of different gods and idols they were chasing after, thinking that they would have wisdom from that. And what we've done then is we've turned to this mysticism. We've got people who think, well, if I do yoga, which is, could be really good, right? You need to be, yeah, I'm all about fitness, so you should stretch, right? Like you should, and you could do yoga. But if you're doing it to go to a point of like meditation to like get more spiritual and be enlightened, now you've turned something that really God calls us to take care of our body, and now you've taken that and spun it into something that you're going to make it really pagan and really worldly, and you're seeking after something that's bad. You've got people who do grounding. That's where you go outside, and you're barefoot. And I used to make fun of my wife because she told me about this like 10 years ago, but then I've been listening to like some stuff about fitness. I'm like, oh, there's actually like health benefits from that and being out there. But if you do that, something that God created that is actually helpful 
for your health, if you do this grounding thing and you're like, I am one with nature, and you're trying to like get this spiritual enlightenment, now you've taken something that God has created, his creation, and you've made it an idol. People wearing crystals and, and going and seeing fortune tellers and all this stuff, like those things, those can be real. And you may be thinking, okay, well, David's crazy. Maybe, but also, like demons do exist. Like Satan took a third of the angels with him when he was cast out of heaven. What do you think they're doing? Like just chilling in hell, like watching Netflix, waiting for the end of time so they can just be banished there forever and destroyed? No, they're at work trying to take everyone with them that they can. Check this out in Acts 16. Paul's in Philippi, and this is part of the beginning of the church in Philippi. It says this, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. So you have a, this slave girl, this young girl who's demon possessed, who can tell, tell the future. She followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out, of, it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. So they get thrown in prison. There's an earthquake that happens because it's a movement of God. And the Philippian jailer, he's freaking out because he's like, where are the prisoners? And Paul's like, hey, dude, we're here. We didn't go anywhere. And he gets saved too. Just a little history lesson of how the church of Philippi started. Go read it in Acts 16. The reason I share that with you, though, is if you think that there are people who are not demon-possessed now, then you're blind to the reality of what's going on around us. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of the air. Like, there are, Satan's not, it's not exorcist, okay? It's not a horror movie. He doesn't need to go and pronounce, this person's demon-possessed. Like, that would be silly. He's, he's not dumb. I mean, he is, but he's not, right? He's pretty sly. He's, he's petty, but he's powerful. Like, there are people who are demon-possessed. They don't need to go and broadcast that but they could, maybe they really can tell fortunes. Maybe they really can read your palm and tell you some things. And so that's why I warn you not to mess with that. Now, a few things. Christians who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, you cannot be demon-possessed. You have the Holy Spirit in you. It doesn't work. Can you be demon-oppressed? Yes, 100%. You can be oppressed and demons just working and pounding you down and keeping you back and, and there's some stuff going on in your life spiritual there that you need prayer over, you need healing from, and that's, that's 100% true. Am I saying that every non-Christian who does not have the Holy Spirit is demon-possessed? No, not at all. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's possible that someone could be. And so when we go and we seek these things, it's a no wonder the church seems dead at times in America because we've sought out things of this world and we're missing out on what he really has for us because we're seeking the spiritual apart from God. And Christians do it the same as non-Christians. We have to turn and look to him and not ignore the fact that there is a spiritual realm, but yet God has gifted us to work in it. He gives us the spirit of discernment. He gives us ability to look and tell, like whether or not a spirit is bad or good, like it literally is in the text. I mean, some of you have the gift of discernment. And in the first service, I think it's Jess Loftus. She's like, amen. And I was like, that's right, because women usually have a better gift of discernment than men. Like, you all know, like, you look and, like, something's not right with that guy. Something's not right with that woman. Like, you know, we watch out. Like, 
we get gifted differently. But the problem is, then, is the third reason why we make gifts irrelevant or not of use is that people want to glorify themselves instead of Jesus. I think this is pretty common. And again, maybe you've seen it. Maybe you've seen this happen where people have taken, they've been in church, and they're all about themselves. They've got this parlor trick of I can make your leg longer because you've got one leg shorter than the other. They got people planted in service who are, you know, unable to walk or they've got this or that and they're going to heal them all for gain. Financial gain and notoriety that make it all about themselves. It happens. Our country is full of it and then that nonsense gospel of prosperity gets peddled to other countries and pollutes what they're doing there where Christianity is exploding. They make it about themselves. And yet, on the other side, people can make it about themselves just the same. They can make it all about them. They are so smart. That they're so intelligent. And, and look at how much I can teach you. You don't need to feel any emotion. God created the emotions to be felt. No, we're not to follow our hearts. That's very clear in Scripture. Our hearts are wicked. They're messed up. They're dark. But when God has changed your heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh and you have the Holy Spirit, it's not that your heart you're following, it's, it's him that you're following. And you can, st- my gosh, we need to feel emotion. We don't need to just sit here and, and be numb to everything. So either way, we're trying to elevate ourselves and depending on your church background, you've experienced one of those. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you, this is it. This is all you know. It's like, I only know what you guys talk about here, so... I don't really know much about spiritual gifts. Like we preach through books of the Bible, so like we're only going to talk about it when it comes up. But it's something that we can't ignore. So like if you're in a missional community, what you're going to get sent to you this week is a spiritual gift survey. Like maybe a couple of them. I've got two, and then I'm trying to find like a third because I, I think taking a few of them might be really helpful. And so your missional community leaders are going to send those out to you. If you're not in a missional community and you're like, man, I'd like that, well, get in a missional community and you'll get it. And that's simple as that. Church center app and missional community. You're going to be super connected to what's going on here. If not, hey, I don't know. Um, We have to align with God's word. It's not about elevating ourselves. It's about elevating him. And so let's look next at verses 4 through 11, and we can answer this question, what are spiritual gifts? And so again, it says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the other utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So spiritual gifts are abilities given to individual believers by the Holy Spirit in order to equip God's people for ministry for the building up of the church, and then for the mission that God has called us on to make disciples. Now, in chapters 13 and 14 that Corey's going to preach on in November, he'll dig in deeper to these spiritual gifts, but there's a lot that's laid out there. Like, there's a lot that's laid out there. He's talking about us being able to have the utterance of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge and faith. There are people who just have this 
incredible faith who will go out and do things that you think, man, I cannot believe they took that leap of faith. I can't believe they were able to do that. Like they were just so bold in it. They have a gift of faith. Not that we don't all have faith, but there's a difference there. Some of us have a gift of being able to like pray in a way that God just moves in, in, in a way that you're like just blown away. Like, man, I can't believe he healed. Not that you have the gift of healing in the sense of like you can just go and start laying hands on people, but that God, for some reason, works differently through you. It's right there, another gift of healing by the one spirit. It's another prophecy. Not broadcasting the future. You're not going to say whether or not the Cardinals are going to win the World Series or not next year. But you're going to be able to say, hey, I see God's word. I see how things are playing out in culture. Let me give you some insight to how this could play out in a prophetic way with a very just direct, commanding confidence because you have an understanding of God's word. Those are spiritual gifts. But then what are they used for? Well, verse 14 tells us, for the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We'll skip to verse 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Let's hear this. We are all wired to do something. Some of us have one gift, some of us might have five, but God has wired each of you as the body. That is why it's so important that you serve, not just on Sundays. Like Jeff said, this is 20% of what we do. 80% of what we do happens in our normal rhythms of life and in missional community. So I want you to understand this. If you are not serving on a Sunday morning, and especially if you're a covenant member because you coveted to do this, you're in sin. Like, the biggest church statistic that you will always hear is like 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's never been true of Heights. But I will tell you this. There is a trend that we are not trending the way we used to. But we're, we're reversing that. We're working on it. Like you probably got, you might have got a phone call from Corey. Corey has a gift of recruiting volunteers. I don't know how he does it. That dude will talk you into something, and you'll get off the phone with him and be like, man, I'm so glad I called Corey and asked him if I could serve. And you're like, hold on a second. Did he call me or I call him? You're like confused what just happened. <laughs> but he does it. We don't want to be that church that we're like so like just well, same people, always there, always doing this. We want to be a church that 80% of the people are active. Really, we want to be 100% because God has wired us all. We all make up the body that you're no less valuable than someone else. Are you working where God has wired you? Like you see these gifts laid out. I mean, like administration. Like that's not me. I'm not really administratively savvy. Like I can do a little bit, but there's people who are way more gifted in that than I am. 
There's people who are way more prophetic than me or better teachers than me, and we need them. We need all of you to do your part and to come together as the body of Christ. Because there's a lost and dying world, people literally going to hell. That's something we don't think about often, I don't. I, I believe, like we just kind of are oblivious to it. If I don't think about it, it's not real, but it is. And yet God has uniquely wired you to play part in his mission and he's brought you to this body of heights. It's not about us, it's not about building our brand or our little mini kingdom here. It is about advancing his kingdom. And so we do it all to glorify God and to build up one another. You cannot play out all the one another's in the Bible on a Sunday morning. You can't. Only in normal life, normal rhythms of life and in missional community. You're missing out on what God has for you and using how he's wired you if you're just going to do this and think, eh, I'll come here on a Sunday for about an hour and a half and I'll even serve, but that's about it. I don't want to get any deeper than that. You're missing out on what God has for you. Primary place to use your spiritual gifts is in normal life and in your MC. And so I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me as we start to close because you might be standing here today and you, you know that you're a Christian. And you're like, man, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like I have a spiritual gift. Well, where do they come from? That would tell you, because if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And verse 11 says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. See, Jesus tells us in John 15, 26, he says that, but when the helper comes, whom I will send, to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And he goes on that we'll do greater works than him because there's going to be a whole lot of us with his Spirit dwelling in us. In Acts 1.8, Jesus tells his followers, he says, but you will receive power. So not like just, eh, like power, like in you. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, like you cannot do this apart from him. And so he's wired you to do so. And so as we're standing here today, the first question I have to ask you is, are you a Christian? And do you know without a shadow of the doubt that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you? You can't be just like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Like, no, do you know that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you confessed that he is Lord and believed in your heart that he died and rose again? Because Romans 10, 9 says, then, then you will be saved. Anyone who calls out to the name of the Lord will be saved. If you haven't done that today, then no, the Holy Spirit's not in you. You're not gifted yet, but you can be. And if you're here today and you know, yeah, that's me. I, I'm, I'm born again. I have the Holy Spirit, but man, I haven't been walking out in the ways that he's wired me. Then before you come and you take communion, then confess and say, God, I'm, I'm missing all, out on what you got for me. I'm not even sure what my spiritual gift is, but will you reveal it to me? Will you help me to understand it and discover that and use it for your glory and not mine? Maybe you come from a past where it's been abused or neglected. Pray and ask God to heal you. Let us know. We'll be praying for you. Let your missional community know. But let's celebrate the fact that he died and he rose again and sent his spirit by taking communion. And in doing so, like we're just remembering what he's done for us and what we're able to now do for him through him. And I, and I didn't say this in the last service, but man, there might be someone here today like you, you've, You've, you are saved, but you've not gotten baptized. Like, that's not, doesn't have to go anywhere. You can get baptized after the service is over. You can get baptized literally while others are taking communion, or we can leave that water in it for next week. So, like, if that's your, your position right now, like, come and find me. 
after service, I'll be out there. Like, we wanna see you act out in obedience of what God's called you to do. And so maybe that's you today. Let me pray for us and we're gonna take communion. God, thank you for sending your spirit. Thank you for first sending your son who did all the work that we needed for salvation. And then you give us your spirit, you seal us with your spirit, and then you gift us. You gift us to do work to your glory. So God, I pray that as a body here that we do so. God, that we glorify your name, that we make you known in the Metro East and to the ends of the earth. And God, that you use us so that you are just magnified. So God, I pray today as we are going to respond, those of us who are believers by taking communion, but for those who maybe are here watching online that do not know you as our Lord and Savior, God, I pray that you, you just reach down and snatch them up and you save them. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.